Hey there guys this is Amish Parmar over here and this is Rohan this side and let's get this episode started बोलो शुरुआत करो अमेटिक फॉर नमस्कार ठीक है नमस्कार यस नमस्कार रोहन एंड नमस्कार डियर लिसनर्स सो वॉट आर वी गो नॉट टॉक अबाउट टूडे रोहन सो आई हैव अ फ्यू टॉपिक्स एक्चुअली बट द टॉपिक्स माइट बी अ लिटल बिट मॉर्बिड एंड एब्सर्ड एंड इट माइट टेंड टूवर्ड्स अ लिटल सैड नोट बट आई थिंक सिंस you don't have any topics we can talk about these do you remember we recorded an episode titled how do you want to die hmm. like exactly exactly one year from now hmm. and that time the topic was quite relevant because we were in the middle of the peak of the pandemic hmm. and uh, so now it's not that severe the pandemic but uh, there are a few questions related to death and uh, afterlife and things like that that constantly not constantly but intermittently come to my mind so i have a few questions related to those topics so let me ask you a question first hmm. so my question would be if you had to choose between small amounts of pain or sadness for a longer duration or a huge amount of pain for a shorter duration which one would you choose i feel like answer to these questions depend a lot on the specifics like what kind of sadness are you talking about say for example like the instant pain the instant large amount of pain is just an injection or something i would be cool with that but uh, yeah i think it depends on the specifics i don't think i'll be able to answer it just by that amount of information okay let let me narrow it down to emotional pain not the physical kind the emotional oh, emotional is simple a uh, small amount of pain over a long duration of time <laughs> so you have your answer ready like you didn't even take a second to do you want to justify it yeah. or do you want a reason uh, give a reason why yeah i'll try i'll try so i feel emotional pain even if you have that pain for a short amount of time it is going to scar you for life um, however physical pain i feel like we forget very easily so say for example like even in very very extreme cases like studies have shown that say for example a person who has lost his arm or her legs in an accident you would expect them to be sad for a very long period of time right but research shows that they come back to their normal level of happiness very quickly um so their hands and legs are not coming back obviously and they are facing a lot of inconvenience in their life uh, however the mind is such that it comes back to its normal state of happiness so that's with respect to physical pain or some physical inconvenience however emotional is a completely different ball game if you say for example uh if you say for example lose a loved one it's instant right so like you know that you have lost someone very near and dear to you and maybe you will feel sad for one or two days and it's a huge blow to you however even after you get over it you still going to keep missing that person it is going to be difficult for your entire life and you'll always look back at that moment and your heart is going to keep hurting that i don't think happens with physical pain for example whenever i've fallen say for example very badly on the floor while running or anything or say for example one time when a bee really stung me when i was in nagpur there were very very painful moments um, and i remember those painful moments however i don't feel the pain However when I will try to remember a painful emotional moment I'll also feel the pain so I think that's the distinction between a physical and an emotional pain yeah so to sum it up you want to say that emotional pain lasts longer right or I would say like for emotional pain it's not really in your hands like uh, it's a short period of emotional pain I don't think that emotional pain works in such a way like if it is a short period of emotional pain it will have effects way longer as compared to physical pains yeah so that's exactly why you should be choosing to have a huge amount of pain for a short period of time it's not going to work that way right can you give me an example where a person yes, might yes. feel lot of emotional pain for a very short period of time and then completely get over it yes so exactly this was a very general question my actual specific question was what do you think is more worse being an orphan 
or losing your parents uh, after you achieve or after you are few years old or for example see every single human being or even every single living organism is born in this world knowing for a fact that they are going to lose their parents someday right so everyone has this written in their destinies the two biggest losses that they are going to face so what do you think is worse losing your parents at say this age 2025 age or being an orphan <sighs> that's such a difficult question so you can see how the two questions are correlated right when i was comparing the situation with an orphan i meant that it is going to be a small amount of pain but it is going to last for a long time forever right because every time you have a look at someone's parent or a- anything that has to do with parents you're going to feel a little sad but when you talk about your parents uh, leaving this world it's going to be a huge amount of pain but it's not going to last forever right because you at least you had a few years in the past with them which were filled with happiness or not they were not at least sad right so you can correlate the questions and then like think about it and tell me what you want to say see i'm tempted to go with orphan however i feel like i'm unable to grasp the entirety of the privilege you get when you have two loving parents at home like you can say okay there won't be enough money you won't be getting say for example money to go and spend in the theater or eat pizza every day but i think that's like easily quantifiable however what we are unable to quantify when we are making such comparisons is just the sense of security and sense of love that you get each and every day i don't think i am able to imagine what life would be without that sense of security i think most of our i think the sense of security matters to me a lot i know if i get into trouble in any part of the world there are two people in this world who are going to make sure they move mountains to whatever it takes to make sure i am safe i am okay and i feel that that's not very quantifiable and if it's not quantifiable how are we going to compare that i feel like i would go with being an orphan but it's just that i cannot imagine living without that sense of security however in the case of say for example losing your parents at a young age even then you like lose the sense of security right so you're anyway losing the sense of security in one case or the other so i think yeah i guess i'll choose being an orphan so i think <laughs> like both my answers align right yeah yeah both your answers do line up but what i if i ask myself the question that i asked you i am tempted to go into the details of when am i losing when i'm going to lose my parents am i going to lose my parents when i'm 20 years old when i'm 40 years old or when i am 50 years old right so i think it's going to be sad uh, losing your parents is going to be sad any time that happens but i think or i suppose it's going to be less sad if they have lived a very fulfilled life they have had a chance to you know upbring their grandchildren and uh, they live to a full life of around 80 90 years and then they go ahead so i think when they are 80 90 years i'll be around 50 years right so i won't be feeling that sad compared to if that unthinkable thing happens right now right i have two thoughts about this first thought is just why did you include parents being able to see their grandchildren this is one thing i never understood what joy do people feel when they see their grandchildren then they feel okay they are now ready to die i just don't get it i don't see the fun in that but my second point is i feel like my parents had a great life and i wouldn't necessarily say that they should live till 90 because i think when they live till 90 i don't think they themselves will be interested in living that long because then you have physical ailments you have mental ailments you're not contributing monetarily to the family so you don't really feel lot of agency lot of um, decision making power so i don't think many people will like to be in that in that space so i think 90 is a little too much but i told you right like i feel my parents had a great life maybe not my mom because she has to do so much house world but she has had her fair share of luxury enjoyment comfort etc so i feel like right now at this moment my parents have had a great life but even then if they disappear tomorrow i'm going to feel super super sad so i, I don't think there's a connection between them 
Yeah, I mean, you you'd feel better if they had a great life, but even if they do have a great life and they just disappear at some point in time, I feel like it's going to be sad anyway. See to answer uh, to your topic of parents wanting grandchildren, even I don't understand that. I just took it from the fact that like Bollywood cinemas and even everyday lives old people want to see their grandchildren like it's their dying wish first they want their grandchildren to get married and then they want to see the grandchildren's children like this is like the fantasy that they have itna zyada they want their grandchildren to be married and see the children of the grandchildren yeah for example me my grandparents want to see my children before they want to die so But you said so you think you I said grandchildren so ka shaadi oh yeah you are the grandchild of your grandparents fair enough my bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so that's their fantasy not mine and uh, the way i see it it doesn't matter how amazing or how contentful life your parents have lived because like you said if they are going to disappear it's going to make you sad anyway even if even if someone who isn't that fortunate to have very good parents who take care of them and all those things they are not good parents but still i think somewhere deep down they are going to feel very sad because they have lost their parents i think that one thing that i am neglecting which is very important and crucial for this argument is that when you are an orphan and you kind of brought this up uh, in the sense of security that when you are an orphan your emotional state your mental state is not that of an adult right so you need that sense of security you need someone to guide you you need a guardian right but something bad happens right now i think emotionally i wouldn't say i'm an adult emotionally but i think i would have, i'm a better than a teenager at least in the emotional sense so i think i would be able to take that in a better way so i think we are or i am ignoring the emotional aspect of a child losing a parent or not having a parent in the first place compared to an adult losing a parent I'll also would like to point out a nuance about being an orphan as well. So there are so many different situations an orphan can find himself or herself. And sadly in India majority of them are unfortunate situations but there are a few fortunate situations also. For example if the orphan is in a sheltered home which is run by a very considerate and compassionate human being I feel like they are in a better state than many children in India. or not not just in india many children who have two good parents because all parents are not great at parenting we just sometimes ignore the fact that our parents have no qualification to be parents not just our but in general none of the parents have any qualification to certify okay these two human beings are ready to be a parent for example when you want to even learn to drive a four wheeler you have to first get a provisional license however if you want to become a parent at this moment you can just have a child right no one is going to stop you there are no legal problems there's no law stopping you from being a parent right now so i think that's something also that we try to i mean not try to that's also something that we often forget so yeah in in very very rare situations where an orphan is in a very very good shelter home with a very kind compassionate leader and good staff they might be in a better position than a child who has both of the parents but both of the parents are not very good parents so yeah i also wanted to bring that perspective in i personally have no complaints from my parents i've had an amazing life and they've been great they've not been perfect but they've been great so i have no complaints but i just want to bring that up as well but the point you just made it's a very rare exception right yeah that, that's that's because our country is not in a good place i imagine in developed parts of the world this is going to be more likely so in say for example in a developed part of the world if a child is found to be an orphan i'm assuming there will be very good social security net there will be very good institutions where such uh, children are sent to and these institutions will be very well funded these institutions will be very well run and then the staff over there will be taking care of these children they will be trained to do that right whereas in the same developed part of the world these two people who decide to bring up a child they might be the worst parents ever so the likelihood changes depending on how developed your region is and sadly india is still struggling with basics 
So in India, mostly orphans are going to have a very, very hard time. Most of them are going to end up being exploited by the family members or they're going to end up on the street. So that's a little sad. But yeah, I think in an ideal world, and there's also this book called, uh, I mean, you know that book, right? Something Immortals, Immortals of Meluha. So in the book, they have a system, I think, where each child is randomly assigned to a random couple so that these factors of where are you born and which parent do you go to, they cancel each other. So everyone is like given a fair chance. It's not just like the fact that you're born in a functional family and the fact that you may not be born in a functional family that sort of cancels out because it's a random process. So you maybe you got lucky, maybe you got unlucky and it's nothing to do with your birth. I think that was also an interesting concept. I'm not going to work in real world. I don't imagine that working at all in the real world. But I think it was a really, really interesting premise to have in a society. Yes, I have read that book, but I am not able to recollect such concept being advertised by the author. Or I might be wrong, okay, the fact that you have read it and you don't remember it. No, 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 it has been quite a long time since I read it. I think I'm able to recollect something on those lines, but I did not find that fascinating enough to remember. So I think, yeah. So I have a couple of questions which might lead to different directions, but uh, let me just put it out there. The question just popped in my mind while we were discussing about the orphan and all those things. Can you miss something if you never had it? No, you can. Yeah, sorry. No, you cannot. You cannot or you can? No, you cannot. This question is coming from the fact that an orphan never had a parent then how can he or she miss a parent? Because definitely that child is missing a parent, right? Or parents, that is for sure. That's not a questionable fact. So my justification for that would be the need is hardwired in our brains, right? Because for such a long time, we have had this system where the parents take care of the child in the early days. Our brains are hardwired to have the love and care of our mother, the sense of security from our father. And hence, when you don't get that during your early years of life, then there might be some developmental challenges, especially emotionally, because it's more about feelings, right? Discipline you can get, food you can get, shelter you can get. But it's more about these feelings. Are you feeling loved by your mom? Are you getting that discipline from your parents? Are you getting... Discipline can also be taken care of, but are you getting the sense of security from your father, so on and so forth. So I feel like all these things are hardwired in our brains and complete development of a child emotionally, the child would need these two parents. And if they don't have these two parents, it has to be replaced by some equivalent form. And hence, I feel like they will feel they are missing something or they might not feel that they are missing something, but the development may not be the best it could have been. So the way I see it is that an orphan would miss a parent only if he or she knows the concept of a parent and how they will come to know about it is by their friends. But suppose for example if we conduct a study of bringing up a number of children from their birth and raising them in a laboratory under complete scientific uh, you know administration and like like mutants we we just monitor them and treat them as for example weapons and not as humans do you think they'll still miss the concept of parents even though they don't know it because from your argument you would say that it is hardwired in our brains so even though they do not exactly know what a parent is they still should feel some kind of something is missing from their life right Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we need to align on what missing means. I feel like the way you are looking at missing is, okay, like, I've not eaten a pizza for a year, I'm missing pizza, or I've not spoken to this friend for a very long time, I'm missing this friend. I think that's your conception of missing. However, what I am thinking when I'm using the word missing is, this is my potential of emotional development, which is say, for example, on a scale of zero to hundred, I may not have that feeling of longing because I don't know the concept of such a construct that exists in the society. So I may not feel that longing. However, I won't reach my potential of hundred. I might reach the potential of say 70 and that 30, which is missing out of hundred. That's what I'm saying as missing because you haven't reached your full potential of development because you lacked a parent and because you're hardwired to develop that potential in presence of two parents, you're not going to hit that perfect mark and there's going to be something which is missing from your development and that's what I'm thinking of when I'm using the word missing. 
Okay, okay. So, like you said, both of us were looking at the term "missing" in different perspectives. But I think both of our arguments are quite valid. So, another direction I wanted to take this discussion is: suppose, for example, there is a parent, and he or she, or they, as a couple, know for a fact that if they conceive a child, the child is gonna die in. 10 to 12 to 15 years basically the child is going to die before the parents die and they have been given a choice that do you still want to conceive a child or would you opt out of it so if you were that parent by god forbid you are not <laughs> but for the sake of discussion what do you think will you do i would like to get your answer on this first <laughs> okay so before i give my answer let me just tell you where this question is coming from as well so nowadays in our generation i have seen personally a tendency of people firstly not wanting to marry okay. there are a lot of people who don't want the concept of marriage but i think somewhere i think this is just the age talking and since <laughs> uh, if if we grow old we will still need someone to take care of ourselves and take care of them and no, we'll i think need- research i think research supports that i think in many parts of the world youngsters don't want to marry these days so i think research supports that fact it's not just about you and me and our friend circle okay so it's not just the age talking but it is backed up by research okay so yeah. but there are a few people who even take the step further they say that okay i'll marry but i will never bring a child into this world so yeah, and I, i feel and i feel like we have spoken this earlier on the podcast either this or some, some other podcast has speak, spoken about this on some podcast so i think there's this also term uh, for this not wanting to bring a child in the world so their argument is the world is very cruel there's like economic crisis there's hardships there's environmental damage etc etc so there are many hardships in the world and hence it's unfair to not ask the child do you want to come in this world and just bringing that child into this world and because they believe this they don't want to bring any child in the world of their own so there is a group and there's this term around it yes so yeah there is this uh, discussion about do we have the child's permission to bring him or her in this world but i'm not talking about that so there are a few people who don't want to bring a child into this world okay established but then what do they do maybe that is the reason of not bringing a child into this world or maybe they really love animals but they take pets right a lot of people love pets uh, i mm. would personally would love to have a pet someday and you have to take care of the pet like you would take care of your child right so maybe dogs cats those are the most popular ones but then there are other animals as well so when you adopt or when you ha huh, i think adopt is the correct word when you adopt a dog say for example you know that the lifespan of a dog is 10 to 12 years right and mm. hoping hoping that you are going to outlive the dog someday you have to face the sad demise of a living creature whom you have brought up as your own child so given this fact would you still prefer to adopt a pet that is what <laughs> my thinking was uh, <laughs> so the way i am trying to comprehend this whole discussion is that if if you just ask me a one word answer my answer would be no i don't want that because i don't want to be extremely sad after 12 years but the question real question here is not the sadness that you'll have for the 12th year but the amazing happy moments and all the ups and downs and the i would like to call it happiness only happiness of uh, being a parent to a pet for 12 years i think that will be immensely more than the sadness but i still am not able to finalize what should be done what do you think firstly i feel like we are being very selfish <laughs> when we just think about ourselves we should also think about that child also would a child like to be in this world for 12 13 years would the child be happy and what would the child feel like i feel like we should give that also some consideration but just for argument say if you just say no, for no, example no 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 wait 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 before we move ahead huh? how can we think from the child's perspective because he or she is not even born yet right we can think about ourselves right would we have liked to be in this world just for 12 13 years when you don't even start making impact like 12 13 years you are still being sheltered by someone the teacher in the school it's your parents at home etc etc so you're still being sheltered by people around you you're not 
able to live your life fully you don't get to experience a freedom fully etc etc so you're not really getting the good also the bad parts of the life so at least give it a thought if you and i were in the child's shoes what would we have that's the perspective i wanted to bring yes obviously we won't be able to know what the child really wants but we can think from that lens for a moment but again as i was saying like say for example we don't want to go there right now we just want to think about ourselves and feelings of the parents yeah i would also say no it would be very hard breaking but at the same time and that's the dilemma right i would like to have a pet though and i feel i have given this very serious thought about should i want a pet or should i not want a pet and for the same reason because we are going to outlive our pets will i be able to deal with the loss of the pet that's something i did consider and i think when i was considering this it was just a thought i felt like okay i should not have a pet just for that reason if i really like having cats or dogs i should just go to cat cafe studio or some some place where there are a lot of dogs and just spend my weekend with them or something but i don't think i'll be able to i mean i'll be able to but it's not that i don't want to have that pain of losing a pet so i i think i am mostly like okay no let's not have a pet for that reason so i think for me both the answers are mostly no but it's interesting to think why it's more of a no for a child and it's a less of a no for a pet is it to do with the connection we make like when you say i love a child whereas when you say i love a dog is there some difference between the two statements i feel like when you say i love a child it becomes very specific i love this particular child however when you say i love a dog it's very general and again this may not be true for everyone i know like some people who could die for their pets Uh, and each and every pet is irreplaceable for them but i think for me personally my love for children is very specific i love this particular child i love that particular child and not children as a whole but whereas when we think about pets i would say generally say for example don't like cats as much and when i say i don't generally like cats as much I i'm not thinking of a particular cat but cats in general when i say i love dogs in general Uh, i'm not thinking of a particular dog i'm talking about dogs in general so i feel like the attachment and the love is a little bit more transferable case of pets and may not be that transferable in case of humans because like humans have much more nuanced and articulated personalities whereas most of the pets are going to be mostly the same like okay, you just guess as i've never had a pet so i don't really have that experience to back up what i'm thinking these are all just guesses so i think there are a couple of ways you can do away or get around the pet situation i read it somewhere and i have said this on the podcast before as well pets are the new children and house plants are the new pets so i think <laughs> having having house plants would be a good thing and see if you are able to take care of the house plants and if you are able to bring up a plant very well nourish it properly and take care of it then you can go ahead to the pet section and even <laughs> if you are not able to and even if the plant dies i don't think so you would you would feel that sad and the other situation is you can have a pet which is uh, not that interactive in the sense that a dog is much more interactive than a fish right so maybe yeah. you can have a fish tank a few fishes maybe a tortoise a turtle something like that and see that and that's can, the can... reason that's the reason i feel like a fish would be very easily replaceable because they're not that interactive or they don't have a personality as nuanced and as articulated as a dog's so i feel like once the human starts speaking then you start having a personality quirks etc etc so i think there's a spectrum right that where human has like the most amount of personality and the least amount of personality i can't think of maybe a bee or something <laughs> so yeah i think there's a spectrum and more on the side of personality the more difficult it is going to be if you lose them and if they have less personality it's going to be easier but then the interaction the love the connection is going to be weaker right so you're not going to get a lot out of it anyway emotionally speaking Mm-hmm, that's true. Let's uh, talk about the good topic that you had brought. That thinking about this whole scenario from the child's point of view. So let me present a scenario to you. For example, there's this child who is born, just born, couple of days old, and 
say for the sake of argument he has all the brain capacity or ability to think and reason and he has all those things and uh, we inform him or her that uh, you will only live for 15 years after 15 years you will die so you have an option of getting euthanized right now or dying when you are 15 years old so suppose you have you are the child what would you choose this is simple because i've already been born i've got to taste life i got no, to taste life no you haven't you haven't tasted life right you are just one day old so you haven't tasted life but still i've i'm, I'm born right like <laughs> okay you are born yeah, then yeah so i think because i've already born i would like to continue i would like to leave it in between if i wouldn't have been born and then some by some hypothetical magical powers i have consciousness before i am born and i have that choice i might pass it but if i'm already born even say for example for just another i would like to continue for all, as long as i can i don't know what the difference is going to be if i'm just going to be born in say for example 2 hours versus i've been born for 2 hours how is that going to make a difference i'm not really sure but i just feel like once you're born you're in it right and then giving up it feels like oh you're a loser you don't even want to try you don't want to experience you're giving up but when you've not been born yet then it does not feel like you're a loser and you're giving up it's like you're taking an informed decision of not continuing or not continuing but you're taking a decision to not indulge in this particular thing and that particular thing is basically living life aha uh-huh, okay so if you ask me this question i am still not able to answer it uh, decisively because i think i am not able to grapple with the situation of death at least i'm not as good as you are with the concept of it i am a true believer that death is what gives life meaning and no. everything meaningful i i believe that truly you don't believe that i believe the complete opposite i feel like death is the end of everything and death is the opposite of life and you don't need to die to give life meaning say for example you live for a thousand years that does not mean that each and every day that you live is less meaningful now say for example you live for a million years that does not mean that because you live for a million years each and every day of yours become less meaningful i don't think you need to die to give life meaning i think if you live on perpetually that does not take away the meaning of life in any way maybe both of us are looking at it in a different way and that is the whole reason of having a podcast in the first place but uh, <laughs> the way i see it is that for example suppose everyone who is born knows when they are going to die or for example uh, you and i both know that okay so after so and so years or months or whatever we are going to die so i and think you know what then you know what mm-hmm. we kind of know when we are going to die like we don't know exactly when we are going to die but we kind of know when we are going to die because we have like say for example india's human development index is going to tell you the average years of average indian living in mumbai is going to live so we have an approximate date it's not like we are either going to die tomorrow or after 1000 years it's a very small interval if you think about it like somewhere around 60 to 80 ke beech mein we are going to die so we already have a very good estimate it's just that in some rare cases we might die earlier in some cases we might die later so it's kind of that we are actually already know a rough estimate yes yes what you are saying does make sense what i was going to say i was going to present it as a fact but now i think it will be more appropriate to present it as a question which is that if suppose humans knew exactly when they were going to die would it make their life more meaningful in the sense that for example suppose if i knew i was going to die after some time or after a few years i wouldn't be wasting time i wouldn't be lazing around i would be more kind to people i would be more uh, i would try harder to become a better human being i suppose the complete opposite is also true saying that i exactly know when i'm going to die it means that till that point of time i'm kind of immortal so i can do whatever the hell i want so the argument can go both ways but exactly I'm... right <laughs> yeah yeah okay and if if you are living a good life you should ideally be doing this anyway and i think like there's this steve jobs ka graduation ceremony wala speech in stanford and did you know that that speech has now been converted into a lesson in english in our state board textbooks i saw one of my students quoting steve jobs and i said where did this come from and then she said no no bhaiya we have this chapter in our textbook and i was so happy about it 
So one of the things that he talks about is how should you live your life and he says that he has this exercise that he does every day before starting his day he will just go look into the mirror and ask himself if he knew that this is his last day on earth would he be still doing whatever he's going to do today and if the answer is no for many days together consecutively then he knows that something needs to change in life so irrespective of whether you know the exact date and as i said right you kind of know like you only have so we are around 25 so let's add what uh, around 50 ticket 75 ho jayega right so let's add up about 50 years so we both know we have approximately 50 years so you need to live that life anyway irrespective of whether you know the exact date or not and as you said right it, it could go any direction like i could say because i know i'm going to uh, die in 50 years i'm just going to netflix and chill for the rest of my life that's also a, a fair point and a fair thing to do i think <laughs> so actually i started with one question and you could you could see it led to a huge array of questions following them but i think i think it's enough of death and uh, sadness and pain so and i think i think i have one more thing to okay. discuss around death okay okay go ahead go ahead so i'm not sure where the inspiration for this topic came for you however i think i had a similar thing going on at the back of my mind because of the recent news about kya um, uska naam bhuvan bam bhuvan bam yeah so like he lost both his parents due to covid right and he wrote a letter i think on instagram and that became news so i think that also triggered a lot of emotions for many people i could see some of my friends feeling very very down and sad after reading that and i can completely understand how one would feel and i th- i thought that your inspiration for these topics was that letter was that so no 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 actually i have had these topics on my drafts for months now and we were just not able to you know record that often so no no uh, bowen bum wasn't the thing that inspired these questions i had these long before but did this news cross your radar yes yes it did cross my radar yeah and it did make me feel very sad but not right now i'm not feeling sad right now Fair, fair. So I think like when you ask that question right around that, then what would you choose? Being an orphan or losing your parents at this particular age? I feel like there was that connection because Bhuvanam is exactly going through that emotion right now. Well, he lost his parent way too sooner than it was expected. I think this popped another question in my mind. Suppose, for example, there is this guy whose parent or parents say that. I have had a very contentful life. I have enjoyed all the pleasures life has to give. I have raised you to be a capable human being and I have lived my life and now I want to voluntarily die. So what do you think that guy should do or how the guy should react to such a situation? And suppose that guy is you. God forbid, <laughs> but suppose that guy is you. <laughs> so how will you react? See, I feel my parents can say that to me right now. because i feel like both of them are super content and i feel like they will say that we have raised you to be a capable man i hope fingers crossed so i feel like they have lived a very contentful life it's not that they're going to ask to voluntarily give up the remaining part of their life but i feel like they have had a great life so far and my answer is going to remain the same even though they have had very contentful lives and they feel like it's a good time to say tata bye bye I'm going to feel sad anyway because it does not matter to me on what note are the ending. What is going to matter to me is that it's going to end and it's going to be sad anyway. So if you ask me what I will do in that particular case, I feel like I'll just try to respect their opinion and give what whatever they want. But will I be sad? Obviously, definitely. No, of course you're going to feel sad. But the question is, will you be more sad knowing for a fact that this is going to be a goodbye, or it will be more sad if the news of their death comes to you unknowingly hmm you're asking very very difficult questions today <laughs> yeah i i i think those are very thoughtful and difficult questions to answer that's why i was thinking let's do something more scientific or more uh, logical not so emotional yeah i think knowing it in advance would help like i'd be prepared right whereas generally in life it just hits you out of nowhere i feel that is a little more painful because you're not not, not ready for it right um so yeah, i feel like how much is going to be difficult for me to process everything i feel if i knew earlier that would be a little easier on me 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. If there is no more discussion mm-hmm. on deaths, I have another question. Let's move to something which is directly opposite to death, which mm. is immortality, right? Mm. So the question that I have is: See, as humans, we have always been looking forward to, or not looking forward to, but fascinated by the concept of immortality. And I don't think mm. so. There will be any human being who would straight away say no to immortality. If there is a fountain of youth. everyone wants to go and dive in there right so mm. and speaking about it in truly non fiction way if you look at the lifespan of humans compared to a thousand years ago it has drastically improved due to the advancement in science and technology right and yeah. i think the science and technology can still develop a lot and the life expectancy can maybe even double compared to what it is right now but apart yeah, from being that, too ambitious but okay no but a couple of thousand years down the line i think Haan, it is possible thousand not years in our years, li- yeah not in our lifetime but yeah thousand two thousand years fair fair so the question that i wanted to pose you is that how can you become immortal i don't mean it in a fictional way i mean it in the real sense of the question like right now if you want to become immortal how would you like to do so or how will you approach this problem of being immortal hmm see first of all i don't think please, everyone wait, would wait 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 before you answer please don't say that you will go and marry someone because then you're <laughs> you know where i'm going to right because <laughs> if you do that <laughs> you don't want <laughs> become immortal now but yeah jokes apart yeah answer the question um see first of all i don't think many people would want to be immortal just because you're living and what i mean by that is i think medical technology has advanced itself to a point where it can keep a human being alive right and that's the very crude definition of being alive if your heart is beating you are alive if you are breathing you are alive so on and so forth so i read this book called into thin air right and it's basically a memoir of a neurosurgeon and this neurosurgeon has to constantly take calls whether he should let the patient live or die or he has to explain to the patients that uh, not 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 just parents but spouses husbands wives children whatever it may be this person is tasked with explaining the relatives that if they want to they can keep the patient alive but that would be a very crude way of living they won't be able to move they won't be able to eat by themselves they won't be able to go to the washroom by themselves so it's a very bad way of living and then maybe also have to nudge them into thinking about the patient's life and maybe take a call of okay this patient may not want to live such a life and maybe it's best to let this person go and hence i feel like many of the research also being undertaken these days is not around just improving the numbers of years that human beings live they have very clear objective they want to improve the numbers of healthy years in human beings so it's not important that you live say 125 years but you cannot move around freely it's better that you then only live for say for example 100 years but you're very very healthy till the age of 100 so with that aside i feel like if you want to really really tackle the problem of immortality i feel like we have figured out that there are some problems that come with life at later stages uh as you said right a thousand years ago maybe humans lived around 30 40 years at best average life expectancy must be around 20 to 40 depending on what time and what place you are living in uh and now that humans have started living for such a long time we have specific cancers which trigger in later stages of life we have specific mental illnesses which trigger in the later stages of life so i think one problem that we need to fix first is these diseases which manifest mostly in later stages of life because that is going to take care of the healthy part of the life you don't just want to live longer but you want to live healthy till the time you die that's the goal so like just focusing on research in these late stage diseases um that's one thing and the second thing is obviously aging you know some people they just die of old age and it's a very funny concept because when you think about death it's always a disease right ki this person had flu this person had cancer this person had a heart attack and hence this person died but you don't think of people just dying of old age but some people do just die of old age and what exactly happens when you die just of old age it's not very clear i think 
so if we are able to figure out what is it happening in such human beings who do not have any diseases you cannot pinpoint okay this is the reason why this particular person died and you just call it's just age related death what exactly is it that's happening with age because we are still aging right at at the age of 20 30 40 we are still aging all of us are aging but it is being taken care of by new cells so i think we shed each and every part of our physical body every 10 years so every 10 years like you have each and every cell in you is a new cell so you keep replenishing your cells right and keep making new cells so we just need to ensure how can we just keep that process going for a longer and a longer time yeah and i think that's called anti aging research right so i think these two things should be the way forward for humans tackling diseases which trigger generally in later stages of life and just how do we stop aging or reverse aging for example and then maybe can we move ahead yeah that's my answer i don't want to go into the scientific details of dying of old age or heart giving up or your muscles being old and torn apart but what i meant is see there's a clear difference between living and immortality what you just talked about is living and what i am asking or what i was hoping for you to answer <laughs> is immortality in the sense for example consider mahatma gandhi right he is not oh, living but, but he is immortal right yeah so it can be in a good sense like mahatma gandhi it can be a negative sense like adolf hitler so we have we have this uh, clear uh, way to immortality is that being so famous or being doing something so brilliant that people will still remember you after your death right i don't think i'm the correct person to ask this question because i'm not at all interested in such kind of things firstly i feel like no one is immortal like 10000 years down the line i think gandhi is going to be relevant ambedkar is going to be relevant i think all of these people are going to be relevant so i feel like these people are also not immortal that's point number one second point if there was a craze for such kind of popularity remembrance etc i don't think i'm the person who would be interested in that i don't want it while i'm living i don't want it but i just want to come in and go in this life without causing a lot of stir yeah yeah even i don't want to be immortal for 10000 years but i recently came across uh, this concept which i knew before but i didn't look at it in that perspective the concept is of being immortal by writing a will so let me give an example uh, for example alfred nobel right so mm. he for listeners who might not know he is the inventor of dynamite and he did not have uh, any relatives or he was very he was of very poor health so he did not marry he did not have any offsprings and since he discovered dynamite he made a huge fortune by patenting it so he had he had a lot of money but he did not have anyone to give it to so what did he do he made an organization which uh, we all know the nobel prize which gives the uh, nobel prize award which is a huge honor and also there is this a uh, monetary incentive involved with it uh, so being immortal in that sense right he wrote a will and after his death the people or the organization which he built or his lawyers his advocates are legally bound to <laughs> uh, do what he has said in his will so that is quite fascinating don't you think so do you have any thoughts on this matter see again i don't think i'm interested in such a thing and when i say that i mean by my name like i don't want to have my name somewhere in the world i think that's impossible in in any case because even alfred nobel is going to be irrelevant i'm assuming in 1000 10000 years down the line the civilization will be completely new maybe near on mars or something and then all the memories of earth have been lost or something so i feel like this person is also not going to be immortal point number 1 secondly is I'm not even interested in such a kind of thing. However, that does not mean that I don't want my impact on the world. And I think I keep quoting this uh, scene from the Pictures series in by TVF. In that particular scene, there's this girlfriend and boyfriend having a chat in a supermarket, and the girl has got an offer for a role that she really really wanted, but it's in a different city. And this boyfriend obviously does not want to move out with this girl because he also has recently started a startup. 
so he is trying to do his startup she has got lifetime opportunity in some other city and they are basically breaking up in this moment because they'll be in different cities now and the boy is trying to explain her why he cannot move and why the startup is important so they are in an aisle in the supermarket so he just picks up the plastic bottle and he says see the person who actually invented this plastic and who first thought of putting that plastic in use for making water bottles that person is long dead decades ago but his legacy or her legacy still lives on we are still using this product and many people after us are also going to keep using that product and he said that he wants to create that legacy um and i feel i'm interested in that kind of thing like even if i touch one particular person's life i think that is going to have a ripple effect on the entire world uh if you do something good it's going to stay and that one small good act of yours and it need not be i mean i'm saying in terms of good act and touching people's life because i'm into social work and education but even say for example if you are a musician engineer you're an architect all of this is going to stay and it is going to keep inspiring people again and it is going to shape the future i'm interested in that kind of thing so it's okay say for example if uh, my name is not attached but say for example a new teaching technique that i developed by myself and that stays on in the world i would be really really happy and again it's not going to stay in the world forever there're going to be better techniques coming again and again but they will be based on my technique right and i will have had an important contribution in the timeline of that development and i think that's the kind of legacy i'd be interested in mm-hmm, yeah that was expected of you but one question popped up in my mind see you as a social worker what would you choose quality or quantity in the sense that if you had a opportunity to impact say 1 lakh people but upar upar se like yeah i get it yeah you got it right or 10 people but drastically change their life what do you think is better yeah this is the typical scale question for all social workers out there and to be honest i don't really have a very very good answer and again i mean in the midst of very turbulent times with respect to thinking about this question at first i felt like having the scale is super super important to me i still feel is very very important to me and ideally would want both right scale as well as the quality of the scale the interaction the depth so basically one breadth as well as depth breadth would be reaching more number of people depth would be reaching people in a deeper sense and having a bigger impact in their life so you would want both breadth and depth ideally but obviously you will have to choose one over the other in some sense and earlier i used to feel that breath is very very important to me one small change in uh, lives of the people who are in millions say for example that would have been more fulfilling to me but now that i've had this fellowship experience where i have experienced how it feels like to touch someone's life so deeply being a teacher i also sometimes feel like maybe being a lifetime teacher is something that i would want to do because when you get one year with children you can do so much and just imagine like you must have your own favorite teacher i obviously have my own favorite teacher and i keep thinking about those moments i keep thinking about the impact they've had um and how much ever i grow i feel like i'll still feel okay these people had so much to contribute in my life they changed my life they changed my perspective they changed my mindset i feel like maybe teacher is the way to go and i'm also surprised at myself when i see this because i thought i'm more of a breath kind of guy but now that i've experienced a little bit of breath and a lot of depth i feel like i'm being pulled towards depth so yeah i don't have a very clear answer but right now surprisingly it's leaning towards depth okay okay cool 